four, three, two. What's up, everybody? This is Imani Wilson, and welcome to another episode of the Bombastic Podcast. Please take this moment to go ahead and click that subscribe button and also hit that notification bell on YouTube so that way you can get weekly, daily updates and notifications upon the next podcast and its offerings. So now that that business is out of the way, uh, thank you once again for um, tuning in to another episode. Uh, If you don't know me by now, today is my motherfucking birthday. My birthday is April 17th. My birthday took place some oh, 20 some more years ago. 29 years ago to, to the day. That's right. So literally, I am 29 years old. And I got to tell you um, a couple of things. And I'll just go ahead and be brief since I'm talking about me. And I don't like talking about me that that much. Really don't. Um, I guess I can say my 20s were kind of like, they're just dope. They're just fucking dope. I feel like everybody has their own take upon like, you know, like getting older. I don't see 30 like staring at me down the road. Like right now, every, like like pretty much, I feel like every year 30 like just keeps moving its chair closer in front of me. But I don't feel like it's this like scary thing or like now comes all of these set expectations and sudden responsibilities. I've been being an adult since I was like 19. So I've been at that for at least the last 10 years. And even before then, even at 16, I kind of had to make certain decisions about like what I was going to do for school and, you know, setting the road, setting myself off on this road of life of getting into media and video and film and such. So I don't really see me almost being 30 as like something that I'm like worried about or fear or like, oh, God, oh, it's this like negative thing. I'm happy. I I feel happy, you know, I'm healthy, you know, um, I have so many wonderful fucking friends and family, I know it's like, well, you gotta throw the fucking in there, you gotta make it salty, because I really love you guys, like, seriously, this morning was emotional for me, because I, like, I went to sleep late last night, breaking my rules of getting rest, went to sleep at, like, four, my phone was going off around seven, I'm talking, all the people that want an early morning grind, I'm glad, I'm grateful that I got hit up by so many people. Like I said, I got the calls, the text messages, the voicemails, you know, the uh, Facebook hit ups. I got all of that good stuff. And it just fucking makes me feel real good, man. I mean, you know, like, like I said, I embrace this 20, this last year being 20 something. It's, it's going to be fucking dope. And then from there, fuck it. I'll just be that cool 30 year old dude. It's just, I won't be able to go to all the parties and not feel like, should I really be here with these little sweaty 20 somethings that just, you know, just all stink and just all horned up and shit like, you know, maybe I'm a chill. Maybe I'm a chill. But then I remember I was one of those dudes once. So, you know, you know, not saying it's going to be me in a room for just a bunch of dudes because then it's like, dude, why am I at a beef eater exhibit? Like, why am I at a barbecue where it's all meat and no buns? If I if that was something that I was, you know, really considering, it's like, nah, but, you know. Um, just thinking about it now, as far as my like plans for today, I mean, I pretty much did them. My thing was get up, you know, I had this whole meditative state that I was in earlier, you know, went for a bunch of walks, just, just enjoyed the weather. Cause the weather's fucking gorgeous. I've been fucking thankful as fuck, dude, to be able to have good weather on my birthday. Cause I think for the rest of this week, it's just rain, rain and more rain. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll take this 60 some more degrees, sunny as fuck day. 
Alright, so that was fucking dope. So pretty much went out, got myself some lunch as well, went to GameStop, got myself a dope ass controller. I'll probably put it in the, in the pictures like right there. The controller was fucking dope. I needed another one. Um gonna be going out to eat later tonight, you know, chilling with my, you know, online tribe as well, thugging, you know, a couple of events. But that'll be for the later topics in which we'll talk about. So I'm going light comparatively knowing that at the end of this week. I'm going to be in Texas, and I'm going to be bugging the fuck out of this reggae festival. Texas, Austin, bugging out this weekend. You know the dates. You already know the time I'm on. That's all I got to say about that. So let's go ahead and get into the first roundabout of topics, and that being media. So speaking of April 17th, uh, Beyonce went ahead and pretty much tried to steal my birthday. Fuck it, I'm going to call it for what it is. She stole my birthday. The amount of people that could give a fuck about my birthday comparatively to the amount of people that care about Beyonce dropping her homecoming documentary on Netflix, pretty sure that ratio is pretty much not in my fucking favor, fam. But Beyonce did drop a uh, documentary highlighting her 2018 Coachella performance and everything leading up to speaking into her family life, speaking about her, you know, pregnancy with the twins and things along those lines. So pretty much the Beehive is in full force. They were marking this day. As soon as I saw on the Internet that there was Beyonce homecoming, I was like, wait a minute, like, that's kind of weird. I'm like, fuck it. And I was like, first of all homecoming i'm like what what does that mean i thought it was gonna be another short film like lemonade i was like wait a minute i'm like is she like gonna try to do some super heroic shit like because i know spider-man homecoming was a thing i was like beyonce homecoming the fuck and then i see like the greek alphabets i'm like homecoming i'm like wait is this gonna do something with like i'm like wait is this gonna be beyonce's version of stomp the yard with like sororities and shit and 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 frats and that whole shit but i don't know I mean, I haven't necessarily gotten into it. Like I, like I said, it's not necessarily on my radar, but it did. It, the bleep definitely did come up because a lot of people are looking forward to this shit. And it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix now. It came out today. So a lot of folks are interested in looking into um, looking into the whole Homecoming doc. And as I look at it now, yeah, it's talking about Coachella last year and then just all the performances that they call it uh Beachella, Beachella. I don't I don't fucking know how they pronounce it. Either way it's DJ Khaled being DJ Khaled. So it was a little bit much. But yeah, I mean Beyonce is fucking fire. She's an icon. This this generation's Diana Ross. For real. Do you think about it? Diana Ross had the Supremes, Beyonce had Destiny's Child. And then she was like, yeah, I'm good. Gonna go ahead and now be a megastar now. Thank you. Gonna marry a successful, you know, rapper who, yeah, has some family shit going on. But I let him, my sister let him know about how we felt about it. And then boom, we packaged it into a, you know, a multi-album you know, fucking story. Like if you think about it, if you if you you put her fucking lemonade to his four 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 to then uh Solange, Solange knows Beyonce's sister with a seat at the table, it reads like a story between how J Jay felt about it, how B felt about it and how Solange felt about it, you know, being a part of his family and her sister going through it. So it was a whole fucking thing. It was a whole fucking thing. Like I said, all that shit was fire. And this is going to be a fucked up transition. But speaking of fire, smell that? Yeah, that's Notre Dame, that's Notre Dame after it was uh, burning just the other day for causes due to some construction that was being done there. Now, that may be fucked up to go ahead and make such a joke about Notre Dame so soon, considering people are like, oh, this is that's real and sensitive. And people are like, oh, you don't understand. It's hundreds of years of 
culture and art and stuff that are lost. First of all, a lot of the relics and stuff they have in Notre Dame are mostly preserved in other museums that they were moving out due to the construction. So what you're seeing more so is more so the building spires being that were that found themselves being burned out. It didn't burn completely to a cinder, you know, to the ground. And then of course all these other folks are like, oh it's pouring donations. But people were like, wait a minute. It's a Catholic church. Why didn't the fucking Vatican who got their own money be able to pay that shit? And I'm and I'm all right there for them. It's like fuck it, dude. Like you guys got it. Pony that shit up. It's not like you're not like like you write it off as an expense. Say this shit costs five hundred million dollars. Y'all good for it. Just be like, all right, cool. When it comes to y'all taxes, if y'all even pay taxes in fucking Vatican City, just write that shit off as an expense. Fuck it. What are we doing? Why are we accepting donations? Because then the first thing I think to myself is, okay, but did anyone think uh, about restoring the Sphinx when it got its fucking nose cut off? I know you're thinking, wait a minute, that's very pro-black of you and this, this, and this. But I'm just still saying that this shit happens. If you look through history, if you're a history buff, you notice these things happen with the fucking Library of Alexandria, the Colossus of Rhodes, the fucking Sphinx. These things happen. Sometimes they happen due to natural disasters. Sometimes they happen by accident. Sometimes, like in the cases of the Library of Alexandria and the Sphinx, this shit happens on purpose. So I don't think there was some art, art fucking arsonist who was like, I'm going to burn this bitch down. This shit just happened to happen. But like I said, fucking, I mean, you want to talk about donating to some cause, Puerto Rico could still use some fucking cause. That hurricane kind of fucked that island up. You know, that island is more so used now as a scapegoat for the rich and ultra wealthy in, in the U.S. to go and sort of scapegoat from any sort of like fucking federal um, income taxes. So I'm like, yeah, Puerto Rico could use some help. Or what about Flint, Michigan? And the fact that those folks still ain't got clean water. But we're worried about an old Gothic church. Again, priorities, people. You got to prioritize. And the thing I can't stand is when we as Americans are so quick to want to jump towards stuff happening in the world when we got things in our own backyard we have to take care of. We worry about conflicts overseas, but yet, you know, fucking Crenshaw, Compton, Chicago, those three C's. You know, they they all have their own, you know, like their own internal conflicts. But we but we we don't we don't want to go ahead and get that deep. We want this podcast to say nice, friendly and fun, which I'll go ahead and now segment to one of my and it's relevant to one of my favorite topics to talk about. And that's gaming. So speaking of gaming and Notre, Notre Dame, uh, Ubisoft is actually donating like speaking of it, 500 some more million towards the Notre Dame's uh, reconstruction. Now, they, because if you've ever played the Assassin's Creed series, which I love the Assassin's Creed series, you know, speaking of all things, world history and stuff like that, the nerd in me loves it because it always covers certain periods. Now, in this one game, Assassin's Creed Unity, it covered, like, I think that was like 17th century France. And it sort of showed, you know, uh, Notre Dame, uh, you know, the the cathedral itself. They, in fact, they had a whole rendering of the building that they did prior to developing it for the game. They're saying that that development could go towards any reconstruction efforts. So it's not like this is some like lost thing. It can be fucking fixed. And and look at it. Ubisoft is now coming in. They're putting up five hundred million. Why the fuck are people talking about we need to, like, why, like, Americans talking about we need to pull it together? Because then people started taking this whole thing and using it to talk about their vacations to France. Now, I've never been, personally. But I'm just looking at it like, wow, this is so much a fucking thing. The shit people talk about. And then more so than anything, um, Ubisoft now is j- just just off of feels. 
is going ahead and making the game Assassin's Creed Unity free. Now, why I'm not fucking with is because I heard it was a glitchy ass, fucked up ass game. I might get it just because, you know, it's another game to play, but uh, uh, who knows? I mean, if that's the sort of thing you're into right now, Ubisoft has that Assassin's Creed Unity is free for anyone who wants to go ahead and, and download it. Because like they said, they're donating 500,000 euros to go ahead and go towards the um, reconstruction to um, help repair, you know, the, the cathedral. But speaking of um, gaming, uh, this week, of course, surprise, um, Nintendo Switch is getting the ever infamous indie modern classic Cuphead to this platform. And shout out to my um, my my tribe, my tribe mate and my digital child, my boy Chill for um, for bringing this story up to me because he's a diehard hardcore Cuphead fan. Again, father loves you. And um, yeah, speaking about the super lush cartoon action game goes portable. And this is from IGN.com. They're ultimately just saying that um, ultimately it was revealed that it was coming to the Switch and that it was a fusion of like retro arcade action of like the 80s and 90s with a cartoon aesthetic of the 30s. So it's like a side-scrolling game that kind of looks like an old school like Mickey Mouse black and white cartoon. But again, it, I'm hearing that its controls and the gameplay elements are like really modern. So they're saying while Cuphead's gameplay features a host of side-scrolling running gun levels, the game is primarily known for its boss gauntlets, a la retro titles like Contra, Hard Corps, and alien soldier says boss after boss you'll not only have to shoot and dodge like a champ but also take advantage of key abilities inspired by classics from gaming history so it's a nice modern throwback if you will and it's now coming out this week on nintendo switch if i'm not mistaken it should be coming out uh tomorrow as a matter of fact april 18th so check that out i think it was initially only for um i think it was for xbox or steam one of the two initially if not both but now it's coming to the switch so switch got more games so be happy about it pretty good so check that out so i'm not talking just all things you know playstation even though that part's coming but speaking of more so about gaming now you know i gotta talk about my favorites you know i gotta talk about one of my favorites overwatch archive storm rising dropped this weekend that's for everybody for pc ps4 xbox one sorry not you switch guys and um it's just speaking more so about the um new mode named storm rising that's again uh via GameSpot. it says the pv mode sees tracer genji winston and mercy travel to cuba or cuba depending on who you ask and then it says the clock is ticking as they all travel to Cuba to head off a storm front and chase down the omnic talent boss Maximilian and all new Overwatch arch- archives replayable missions. So they introduce a new map. There's several things they introduced. Number one, the skins were popping. Like I'd say my favorite skin of all these of this event were definitely the um, definitely soldier skin as uh, as they call him formal seventy six. He's got on his like his like formal blues and shit. So it just shows him with his like medals jacket, the white the white powder gloves, the pants. Like he's like all decked out like casual like a soldier coming home. Um, they also have the Bastion skin, which kind of makes him look very like Ultron like. I thought that shit was dope. They got a dope Ash skin, and they've got a fucking highlight intro for hammond which is like the best highlight intro in the game let me emphasize the game the best highlight intro in the game hammond has it so i'm not going to spoil it for you but it's of an old school ass meme that when you see it it's like dude what the fuck (laughs) but you know what it's good because it opens the floodgates for overwatch to diversify but speaking of the event like i said it takes place in cuba and and havana 
And with it, you know, you play as Tracer, Genji, uh, Mercy, and Winston, and you're trying to chase down this, um, this talent, this, this talent, um, this talent boss who's pretty much the money man. They, they, and fuck it, here comes some spoilers. If you if you have not played the event, you can skip this part. I'm pretty sure there'll be a nice segment as I'll go from here to say once it's over. But here's where the spoilers begin. So in this particular event, you find yourself going along like you're trying to chase down this talent boss, assume, you know, as just to assume, assumably to try to go and get after one of the game's arch nemesis enemies, uh, Doomfist. And even he comes up in a cinematic later and, and speaks to his part. But there's several reveals here besides just the map, which I think the map of Havana is dope. It's got that same sort of like look, the vibrant colors of what would look like South Beach, Miami, which everybody knows is inspired by Cuba. And, you know, the old the old school cars that you would see on the island, you know, some like beach fronts, which is another part of the map where you see them like by the water. And there's like a whole like um, there's like a whole like almost like by the water uh, fort that's that's there that you have to go storm. It's pretty dope. But what I found was interesting was that whenever they do this shit and they name drop uh, characters related to the story, you know that's a character going to be featured in the game. Now, they mentioned someone that was headlining this mission, someone known as Sojourn. Now, Sojourn herself was like some brown-skinned woman with, like, white-like hair, and she seems to be one of the heads or former heads of Overwatch. Now, me knowing this game, the fact that it's been out for almost three years now, whenever they name-drop somebody or they're featured, you know there's a great chance they're going to be featured as a character somewhere down the line. It's not likely that they just name-drop a character, and then that character's not going to be featured. Very, very seldom does that happen. Very fucking seldom. So the fact that Sojourn has a face, a voice, and already played a key part to the story, you already know Sojourn's probably going to be featured in it. Now, another part that happens, because I don't want to give away fully the whole parts of the campaign of uh, Storm Rising, I will say... Um, when you do get to this one warehouse, part of the level after you beat some initial bad guys on the street leading to get to the guy, it's almost like they trap you in a warehouse. You're in that fucking warehouse for way too long, way too long. It's like you're in there for at least a good 10 minutes worth of like bosses just spawning from random areas, dropping from the ceiling and shit like that. It's still the same guys from the last archives update. So you got the regular grunts, the enforcers with the shotguns, the big heavy tank motherfuckers, and then the assassins who like, you know, they zip around and then they jump on you to try to kill you. And then, of course, the snipers. So... In essence, I'd say I I can say I like the event. I like what it added to the story. And then in closing, what it also did was show that once you do see Doomfist, which he's in his dope ass like white sort of like pimp coat with the glasses, which was like relative to the comic and it's a playable skin. He's speaking to someone at, from Talon who apparently is a uh, omnic like shadowy like figure that we've never seen before. He's some omnic character that's got like long hair, wears a like you know shrouded in a hood and all that sort of stuff. So you almost know between Sojourn and whoever fucking creepy dude is right there, you kind of already know that those are one or two of the next upcoming characters for the game. So I like how they added some lore. I'm just hoping when the anniversary event comes, because this event is running from the 16th to, to May, April 16th to May 6th. I'm hoping that once they go into the anniversary, they kind of unfold 
maybe the 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 sort of cl- the closing the kind of like minding the gap now of going from Overwatch to possibly a sequel. I think it's definitely time for a sequel. The game's been out for three years. I think for a first-person shooter, especially of its nature, that's been a hell of a run. I mean, the seasonal events are cool, but let's just face it, it gets a little stale. The competitive mode gets a little stale because you earn these competitive points to get rankings to get a badge that shows where your current ranking and skill level is, and then you redeem these other points to get a golden weapon for a character of your choosing. Once you get your favorite character's golden weapons, now you're just collecting shit to say you're collecting shit. There's got to be more to it, just like I think there need to be more modes for competitive, because right now you only have King of the Hill and and capture and um and uh the payload mit and the payload maps where you're trying to escort a payload through a map while you know the opposing team that you play against other online players are trying to keep you from delivering it to your necessary uh destinations so i just think overall it was a pretty cool event for um for overwatch like i said i've already kind of bossed it in like a day so for it to be going on for like the next couple of weeks is like, that's just for the perfectionists like myself who just want certain shit. I'm like another day or two away from getting what I need and then I'm pretty good, which is probably why I see some people are voicing their frustration about the event. But look, motherfuckers, you can't get everything you want. Okay. It's a lot of this shit is for free. So you, you can't complain about free. I'm sorry. You really just can't. So no complaining about free shit out there. Like just, just, just stop. But one thing I will say, um, another thing, speaking about PlayStation as well, I got to mention about this whole PS5 specs and speculation, because this is huge, and this is something that I think I spoke about um, in earlier episodes about my thoughts as far as for what Sony is looking to uh, put together for the new PS5. Number one, these are my predictions, and I'm not even going to go off my tablet here. My predictions were, and you can quote me on this now, from this episode on April 17th, 2019 for whenever this game releases the following the next ps5 is going to come out with two different with two different models upon launch i think they're going to possibly have the sort of consumer and prosumer models the consumer model is probably going to start at about 399 is going to have a lot of the initial features that you would be looking in an updated system such as updated specs hardware blah 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 same sort of access and shit and then it's going to have a prosumer version prosumer line that's going to be out for 499 now a lot of people speculating that the new ps5 is going to come out at 499 i think that's a little steep for your average gamer i think because even though this particular iteration of playstation and ps4 has had a longer life cycle i mean maybe not as long as the ps2 or the ps3 but still has had a relatively long life cycle but still kind of short and i think a lot i think in a, a lot of ways even it's like hardware wasn't fully realized towards the very tail end but i think with this ps5 like like the the best is like it's here it's coming it's coming so i don't think this is something that you know, that is, is gonna, I, I pretty much put it this way. The PS5 is going to be something that when you get it, because my next predict, my next prediction is that it's going to release in 2020. It's probably going to release either summer or the holiday season, 2020. And that's just because they're going to try to get it for that, like Christmas season, that sort of, sort of end of the year. That's also going to allow them to also be able to have an E3 about it, which is why I say it's probably going to more so drop towards the fall, maybe towards the holiday season. Because they're going to want to do an E3 event come next year since they're not doing one this year. At least another PlayStation event sort of hyping it up in their titles that are coming out and then ultimately dropping it. Like I said, 
two models, one for 400 with a bunch of base specs, one for 500, probably more storage. Because then another thing, and this is where I'm going to now refer to my notes, is that they were referring to these models having 8K graphics, um, um, the this, the uh, SSD drives, which is pretty much their like onboard, onboard storage systems. And then, of course, being able to have backwards compatibility with PS4 because obviously they fucking need it. And honestly, these PS5s, they these PS5s ultimately, in my mind, are going to be next to being a a, a, a a gaming computer. And I think the emulate the emulation should go not only for PS5 to PS4. I say it should go as far back to maybe even fucking PS2 or at least PS3. Because it's only fair, because like I said, this this is going to be the system of systems. These next-gen consoles are going to be the system of systems that I think are going to be able to rock up until at least 2025, at least 2026. And by then, considering where resolution is now, it's like I can't even imagine what the fuck people are going to be working with then. So the only thing we can do right now is be here in the moment and say that 2020 and beyond is definitely when you're going to see PS5 drop. Now, as far as what they were mentioning, as far as the specs, they were saying that they're putting emphasis on 3D audio for the PS5, which I didn't know audio is 3D. I'm learning some shit along with you here. Um, A new AMD chip that apparently includes a custom unit for that. And it says Sony hopes will lead to more immersive gaming on both TV speakers and headphones. It says it'll support 8K graphics, assuming you have an 8K TV. Now, a lot of people like do 4K has just recently been a thing. I can tell you as a as a video professional, um, as far as resolutions are concerned, current currently available, there's 64K. So we're talking about on again the consumer versus prosumer level. Like 16K and all that shit is kind of what you see in those big ass arena screens with that like giant resolution. Did you think that's like a 1080p screen? No, bitch. That's a giant ass screen that you're seeing there. So I know resolution to go as high to like 16K and maybe even like 64. But at some point, the colors get so like, like your eye can only discern so much of a difference between those resolution rates that it almost doesn't fucking matter. Which is why I was saying that the PS4 really tapped into its 4K capabilities like late in the game. Like within these last like two years that it really started to tap into like 4K gaming and 60 frames per second gaming with like the PlayStation Pro and all that, which is why I'm saying I believe that the PS5's got to have two iterations. It's got to have your base for folks that are like, hey, look, I hear you with the resolution shit, but dude, I'm just playing Minecraft. I'm not playing Minecraft with like any sort of hacks or anything like it. So I just need simple resolution and just intuitive gameplay and an online experience with my homies. That's it. You can keep all these 60 plus frames to your damn self. I don't need a fucking Michael Bay movie every time I pick up a joystick. And that's fair. But. As far as 8K TVs or what have you, I think I think they're probably going to start rolling out more so on a prosumer level this year. Like, I understand I'm just like, you know, the fucking Swami here, but I honestly think that they're going to probably start rolling out this year and then going into next year for other offerings, like you said, with the Xbox, with the with the PS5, and where that leaves a Nintendo Switch. Oh, well, you motherfuckers still got Mario, Yoshi, and shit, so, you know, you can make it work. Um... It also says other details of Sony revealed uh, the PS5 include that it'll be backwards compatible because duh. It says unlike the PS3 to PS4 transition and saying that there will still be physical copies of game games to buy, not just downloads. And the thing is, I think that's an ingenious thing to do, which is why I think when Xbox just released its most recent uh, iteration of the Xbox One S, where it's uh, all digital no, with no disc drive, I think that's a mistake because I know not, I know not everybody 
at least speaking of the continental U.S., has access to broadband internet. Like, my internet connection is gigabit through files, so that's, like, currently the best currently on the market you can get as far as on a prosumer level without getting, like, a, a, a LAN connection and shit and having your own server lines. But I know people that a 20 gigabyte update to a game is going to take them two days so let alone say for instance uh elder scrolls decides to release a new a new skyrim or or or, or no a sequel to skyrim i should say if they release a sequel to skyrim you know that game's file is going to be at least 70 or more gigabytes it's going to be a fucking behemoth of the game that's going to be a bunch of information to download now someone like some of my people i know they want to get that game it's going to take them like three days or two days to complete the fucking download so my biggest thing is I just don't see them going to a discless setup. I just don't. I, I don't, like I said, I see that maybe being the future once you get to 2025, once more like high-speed wireless connections, 5G and all the fucking conspiracies around that, once all of that takes shape. But right now in this moment, I kind of still see solid disc being a thing. As far as where GameStop falls with all of this, that's a whole nother conversation. I know a lot of people feel some sort of way about GameStop. I don't, but I'm simply talking about the PlayStation. And as far as being able to purchase disc and not simply get everything digital through, you know, PSN or Xbox Live or what have you. Um, it's saying that Sony wouldn't discuss future plans with PSVR, which is the VR shit. They're saying like a next gen headset to go along with the new console. They said they confirmed that the exist that the existing PSVR headset will continue to work with the PS5 because it should. Because like I said, it came out more more than like the last like two years. So for them to not sort of pick up where they left off from the PS4 to start with the five, it just it just makes sense. And then they said um. Yeah, of course, with them sitting out E3, it's still no release date for it, but saying it won't be out this year, but that developers already have access to dev kits to develop games for it, which would make sense for a rumored 2020 launch. I mean, I honestly think it just will. I mean, some of the rumors claim that The Last of Us 2, a uh, sequel to GTA 5 being GTA 6, and a couple other titles will be available at launch. That makes a lot of sense to me, but see, that makes sense to me in terms of there being like a big E3 for next year. Now, Rockstar typically are the ones to sort of let you know in advance when they're making such a release. I think, again, they're kind of hanging back and chilling as well to sort of think about the next gen. Because I've said for the longest, this fucking latest iteration of Grand Theft Auto V has been out for like five years. Which is why I think when a game runs that long, you got to start thinking about the future. So for Overwatch to only be two years younger than a GTA V, and GTA V has tons of offerings. I'm like, you know, because you see I'm bringing this all full circle. It's time for a sequel. Like, as you see, it's time for new consoles. It's time for new consoles. And it's time for Overwatch sequels. So it's time to just move the fuck forward. So on that note, I feel good being able to go ahead and call this a fucking podcast. I feel excellent. I was able to get my nerdy shit off. I was able to update you guys upon current news and happenings that matter to me, that hopefully matter to you, and um, be able to go ahead and give you a little piece of a little piece of me on a special day that means a lot to me. So once again, I am your host, Imani Wilson, and this has been another episode of the Bombastic Podcast. If you absolutely like and want to know more as far as what's coming up soon or other madness that I've created before with the 14 episodes prior to this, please feel free to go ahead and subscribe to this podcast by hitting that subscribe button and also click that notification bell to be updated on any updates with future episodes. So once again, I'm your host, Imani Wilson. It is my motherfucking birthday. I'm going to bug out. I'm a wild out. And we're going to get weird. We're going to get wild. And it's been another episode. Peace.